Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Acts chapter 3, let's begin in verse 19. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing, times of refreshing, seasons of refreshing, seasons of revival. Thank God we're in revival. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. Hallelujah. (laughs) Oh, thank God for times of revival and refreshing that come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send Jesus Christ who was preached to you before whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. So we've been talking in this series about times of restoration. This scripture tells us that right before the Lord Jesus returns, there will be both times of of refreshing and times of restoration. Hallelujah. We're in a time of revival. We're in a time of refreshing. And we're in a time of restoration. Glory to God. We pointed out that the word restoration means a putting or bringing back to a former, normal, or unimpaired state or condition. A putting or bringing back to a former, normal, or unimpaired state or condition. So this is telling us that before Jesus returns, the church will be brought back to its former, normal, and unimpaired condition. Hallelujah. Are you excited about it today? Glory to God. Don't make me run off and leave you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He said there will be times of restoration, and we're experiencing times of restoration. Glory to God. Well, what is, what is being restored to the church? Well, we pointed out three things at least. This is talking about a restoration of the power of Christ, the authority of Christ, and the character of Christ. And for several weeks, we talked about the restoration of the character of Christ. Last week, we began talking about a restoration of the power of Christ. And we pointed out that this is a restoration of his glory of his power, of his gifts, and his ministries. We talked about the first one of those last week, a restoration of his glory. And so today I want to talk about the restoration of his miraculous power. Woo, glory to God. Hallelujah. When Jesus Christ was first offered to the nation of Israel, he came in power and in the demonstration of the Spirit. Amen. Go with me to Luke chapter 4. And let's look real quick at some verses that illustrate this. Luke chapter 4. And let's look at verse number 14. Luke 4, 14. This is, of course, after Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. How he, This was after he faced Satan in the time of temptation, temptation and emerged victoriously. It says in verse 14 that Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out throughout all the surrounding region, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. It says he returned in the power of the Spirit. I said when Jesus was introduced to the nation of Israel, he was introduced in power. He began his ministry in power. He began his ministry being full of the Spirit. And he operated in the power of the Spirit. And glory to God, the demonstrations of the Spirit were at hand everywhere he ministered, everywhere he went. He he demonstrated the power of God. Amen. And and it says he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and as his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me, glory to God. There is no Christ except the anointed Christ. 
Amen. We're not serving a powerless Christ. He came in demonstration of power. He came in the fullness of the anointing of the Spirit. He said, the anoint, you, you have anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. You have sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance, proclaim liberty to the, to the captives, praise God, to, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And he went out from that and he began to do just that. He began to heal the brokenhearted. He began to proclaim deliverance to the captives, praise God, because he was full of the power of God. If you follow this uh, text on out, you'll notice in verse 31 that he went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and was teaching them on the Sabbath. And, he was, and they were astonished at his teaching, for his word was with authority. This wasn't a weak-mouthed, mealy-mouthed Jesus. His words had commanding authority behind them. And there was in the synagogue, a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon and he cried out with a loud voice saying let us alone what have we to do with you Jesus of Nazareth did you come to destroy us I know who you are the holy one of God and Jesus rebuked him saying be quiet and come out of him and when the demon had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him and did not hurt him. And then they were all amazed and spoke among themselves saying, what a word is this? For with authority and what? Power, he commands the unclean spirits and they come out. Hallelujah. And the report about him went into every region in the place in the surrounding region. And he arose from the synagogue and entered to Simon's house. But Simon's wife's mother was sick with a high fever and, and they made request of him concerning her. But he stood over her, rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she arose and served them. And when the sun was setting, all those who had any that were sick with various diseases brought them to him. And he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them and demons also came out of many crying and saying you are the Christ the son of God and he rebuking them did not allow them to speak for he knew they knew he was the Christ glory to God so we see that Jesus came on the scene in a blaze of power I said he came on the scene in a blaze of power hallelujah well his supernatural ministry is the divine model for all subsequent ministry in his name Hallelujah. I said his supernatural ministry is the divine model for all subsequent ministry in his name. If one is to minister in his name, he is to minister with that same power, with that same demonstration of the Spirit, with that same authority. Glory to God. Amen. There must be a restoration of this miraculous power in the church. Now we see it a little here and there. But before Jesus returns, it says the church will be restored to its former normal state of power, praise God. We see that in the early church. They went out and they demonstrated the same power that he operated in. Go, go back with me just a few pages to the 16th chapter of Mark. It wasn't just the Lord Jesus who ministered in power. He told his disciples in verse 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved and he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow. And these signs will follow. Those who believe in my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything, anything deadly, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So when the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up to heaven and sat down at the right hand of God and they went out and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them. The Lord working with them. Confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Are you out there today? Glory to God. Hallelujah. This is the model. We see it in the book of Acts. We see it all through the epistles. Go over with me to Hebrews chapter two, if you would. Hebrews chapter two. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hebrews two, verse three. 
How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him? Notice, God also bearing witness, both with signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. Whose will is it? Whose will is it that the church minister in ver- with various miracles, signs and wonders and gifts of the Holy Spirit? Who is it that wills that? Who willed it then in the days of the early church? It was God's will. Well, whose will is it today? Do you think his will has changed? The church changed, but God never changed. Woo, Glory. I said the church changed, the church backed off, the church backslid, the church drew back and, 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 and fell away from some things, but the will of God for the church never changed. It is the same today as it always was, praise God. The church drifted away from the power of God. Miracles gradually ceased and the gifts of the Spirit were no longer in manifestation. And there were people in the church that took one passage of scripture over in in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that said that, uh, that, that love never fails but where there is prophecy it will fail, tongues will cease and so forth. And they took that passage of scripture out of its context and they said, well, look at our backslidden condition. It's not our fault, it's God's fault. See, we don't have these things anymore. So we, they, I tell you what, there are some people that will always find a verse of Scripture to validate their backsliding. They'll always find a verse of Scripture to validate what they've, validate what they've lost and what they've walked away from. That verse of Scripture doesn't have a thing in the world to do with God withdrawing the supernatural from the church. It's talking about when the church is in heaven. If you read the context, it's talking about when the church is in heaven, we won't need prophecy anymore. We won't need tongues and interpretation anymore. We won't need the gifts of revelation anymore because we will know even as we are also known, praise God. So that's called cessation theology. They say, well, all of these things ceased because it was the will of God. No, it wasn't the will of God. It ceased because men backslid. The church drew back and fell back and fell away from the things. Glory to God. I said the New Testament knows no Christ except the Spirit-empowered Christ. If it's not a Spirit-empowered, Holy Ghost-filled, miracle-working, devil-casting-out Jesus, it's not the Jesus of the New Testament. It's a backslidden, watered-down, a compromised Jesus, and it's not the Jesus of the Scripture. And so much of the church world has bought into this idea that Jesus doesn't do anything miraculous today and we can't expect anything from God and and the signs and wonders are from a previous age and all of that's been passed away. That is not according to the word of God. It it, it it, it, It is an absolute rebuke of the true Jesus. But I'm not gonna stand in his face and rebuke him and say, you're not what you used to be. I'm gonna stand in his face and say, oh, fill me with your glory. Fill me with your power. Glory to God. Let the demonstrations that flow through you flow through me. Hallelujah. That's what the church world needs today. It needs to be stirred up. The church needs to be stirred up, glory to God, to lay hold of his supernatural power. Through the centuries, Every revival of the church has been accompanied by a resurgence of the power of God through mighty signs and wonders, various miracles, and gifts of the Holy Spirit. You go back and look through church history when God begins to stir and awaken people and they begin to sense the stirring of God in their heart and those old cold, almost dead embers, the wind of the Spirit begins to blow on them, glory to God, and the fire begins to roar and the heat begins to build, glory to God. Suddenly, miracles start happening. Suddenly, people start laying hands on the sick. Suddenly, demons that have been entrenched and in control of churches and congregations and people suddenly begin to tremble at his presence and and they're cast out in Jesus' name. That's what happens when revival comes. That's a restoration of his power, glory to God. Woo, hallelujah. It's a time of restoration of his power. It's a time of the restoration of his power. Hallelujah. It's a restoration of his supernatural gifts. A restoration of his supernatural gifts. 
Go with me over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. In verse 1, the apostle Paul said, Now concerning spiritual gifts. Actually, this, ver- this passage in this chapter is talking about more than just gifts. It's talking about all the things of the Spirit. And so in, in the original Greek, what this says is now concerning the spirituals. It is talking about the gifts of the Spirit. It's talking about the ministries of the Spirit. It's talking about the different operations of the Spirit. But praise God, the gifts of the Spirit are involved. It's, that's part of it. And he says, I do not want you to be ignorant. The Spirit of God is saying to the church today, too much ignorance. Too many ignorant Christians. Not ignorant about natural things, ignorant about the spiritual things. Ignorant about the power, ignorant about the gifts of the Spirit. There is a gross and prevailing ignorance throughout the church world today concerning the gifts of the Spirit and in particular, their supernatural power. A lot of people will claim to have the gifts of the Spirit today. And they'll claim that uh, these things operate in the natural realm. And so they have various natural talents and abilities that are nothing but humanity, nothing but the polishing up of old dead flesh. Yeah, and they'll say that's a gift of the Spirit. They'll say that people who go to college and learn several different languages, that's the gift of tongues. And so we send them out on the mission field with the languages they've learned to go into various places and preach in those languages, and that's the gift of tongues. That's no more supernatural than learning auto mechanics and calling that a gift of the Spirit. Amen. Glory to God. (laughs) That's the truth. No, the gifts of the Spirit, every single one of them are supernatural. Every single one of them are by the Spirit, empowered of the Spirit, and they are supernatural in their origin. They're supernatural in their makeup. They're supernatural in their delivery. They're supernatural in their effect. When the gifts of the Spirit are allowed to be in manifestation as they are designed to be, they produce miraculous results. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. We have these gifts of the Spirit identified for us in this chapter. He says in verse number four, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Aren't you glad he's the same Spirit? We have the same Holy Ghost today that operated in the Apostle Paul. We have the same Holy Ghost today that was stirring in the Apostle Peter. We have the same uh, Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit today that worked in the Apostle John and James, his brother. We have the same Holy Spirit that operated in the other apostles. We have the same Holy Spirit that was prevalent in all of the churches that energized and glorified their services. When they met together, there was a glory, there was a majesty, there was a power there present. And it came by the Holy Ghost. We have the same Holy Ghost. He's not been weakened. He's not been changed. He hasn't forgotten what he's been sent to do. Glory to God. He came to empower the church that we might be bold witnesses for him. He's never changed. Glory to God. And as soon as the church wakes up and realizes why he came and what his power is and what his ability is and says, I'll yield to that. I'll allow the Holy Ghost to flow through me. Then you'll see demonstrations of the Spirit. Glory to God. And these gifts will be in manifestation. He said the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of operations or workings, but it is the same God who works. I said it's the same God who works. I said he works. God works. God's not asleep. The church has been asleep, but God's not asleep. We don't have to awaken God. We don't have to get his attention. His attention has been on the church all along. He's been sitting there just wondering, when are they gonna wake up? When is this church gonna come back? And Oh, glory to God. Well, the time has come, praise God, for the restoration of all these things, all of the power of God, his supernatural gifts to be in operation in the church. Turn with me over to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Hallelujah. Ooh, Glory. Verse 12, are you ready? Are you ready for verse 12? Can you handle verse 12? Are you going to believe verse 12? 
Are you dare, will you dare believe verse 12? Will you act on verse 12? Glory to God. Most assuredly, absolutely, without any question, don't even think about doubting it. He said, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. The works that I, the works that I do. Who was talking here? The miracle worker. The man, who, when, when he spoke, people came back who, who were sent to, 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 uh, to, to capture. They came back and said, nobody talks like him. <laughs> nobody talks like he does. Nobody, nobody acts like he does. He said, the works that I do, he will do also. Woo. That's the plan of God for the church. That's never changed. I said it's never changed. We see it in the, in the early days of the church. In the first generation of the church, they did the same works that he did. Glory to God. He who believes in me, Jesus said, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do because I go to the Father. Listen, the church isn't supposed to live in the shadow of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're supposed to live in the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not supposed to look at the Lord and marvel and pine away and think about the good old days and how Jesus lived and what a wonderful time that was back then. We're supposed to have those times today. We're, the church was supposed to live in the same glory and even surpass what he did. Not just do what he did, surpass what he did. He said, the works that I do, he will do, and greater works, glory to God. Woo! Greater works, greater works. Hallelujah. Well, the early church, the first generation, they did the same works he did. They cast out devils. Yeah. They raised the dead. Yeah, they did. They laid hands on the sick, healed the sick. Miracles, signs, and wonders. They did the same works and they did greater works. They did greater works. You see, the salvation of men is the greatest work. When Jesus was alive here in his, when he was here in his flesh, living here on this planet in his flesh, no one was born again under his ministry. And of course they could not have been because he hadn't gone to the cross. The debt of sin had not been paid. Redemption had not been completed. But when he was raised from the dead and ascended into heaven, it was now possible for the greatest miracle of all to happen and trans, uh, 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 transpire in the inner workings of a man's heart greater than healing greater than any miracle greater than your eyes being open greater than limbs growing out and walking again but the greatest miracle happens when a man who's dead in trespass and sin on his way to hell with no redemption no way out no answer no choice no hope suddenly born again Woo! glory to God not just getting religion, not just getting religion, becoming a new man. Not just, not just becoming any new man, but a new man in Christ. Woo! A very child of God, a very son of God. Something that never happened before throughout history. Never had there been a time when men again would become the sons of God until the apostles went out and began to preach with what? Demonstrations of the Spirit. It took a miracle ministry to bring the world to its knee. It took miracle ministries to stand up in the, in the face of Judaism and the people who had nailed Jesus to the cross. It took a supernatural ministry with supernatural gifts to stand up to those people and declare the same one that you crucified, God has raised from the dead and has made him both Lord and Christ. And the Bible says that they were smitten, they were cut to the heart and they ran to the disciples and said, men, what must we do to be saved? Oh, glory to God. What a turn of events. You want to see a turn of events in America? You want to see a turn of events in the world today? It's going to happen when the church rises up with that same glory, that same power, with the same supernatural uh, gifts of the Spirit. It's not going to happen because church uh, leaders get together and hold a conference. 
It's not going to happen because people get together and develop a missionary plan. There's nothing wrong with planning, but planning in the natural will never event, never cause, never bring about the supernatural. It takes staying before God in prayer until the anointing and the fire from heaven falls. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. That's what, that's what we're looking for, church. That's what we can, this is what we can expect to happen in these last days. A church ablaze. A church ablaze with the Spirit. Alive with the Holy Ghost. Christians no longer embarrassed. Christians no longer holding their tongue. Christians no longer worrying about what's politically correct and what they ought to say and what they ought not to say. But so alive with the Holy Ghost, so filled with the Spirit, so overflowing with this power, but you just can't help but express the goodness of God. You just can't help but lay your hands on somebody that's sick. Glory to God. Hallelujah. There's a restoration coming. We're in the early stage. But it's coming, praise God. The full measure is coming. Hallelujah. It's a restoration of his miraculous power. It's a restoration of his supernatural gifts. Glory to God. And it's a restoration of his supernatural ministries. Go over to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Whoo, hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory. Hallelujah. Praise God. Before we read this, let's go back. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 12 again. Ephesians, I mean, excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Hallelujah. We, we stopped in verse 7, but I, in verse 6, but I, I want to move on a little bit further here. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one to profit for the profit of all. Notice the manifestation of the Spirit is given. The manifestation of the Spirit was never taken. It was only given. You can't find any place in the Bible that says God took back the manifestations of the Spirit. Said the manifestations of the Spirit are given. The manifestation of the Spirit is given. It calls all the gifts of the Spirit the manifestation, singular. The manifestation of the Spirit is given. For what? For the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. This is not just this is not just the ability to sound wise and to say cool things. It's not the ability to say pithy little things and, and, and just say little wise comments and have everybody marvel at how, at how smooth you talk. That's not what this is talking about. The word of wisdom is a supernatural revelation of God's plan and purpose. I'm telling you what, the church is, the, God is restoring people in these gifts today where the, by the Spirit of God, things are supernaturally known and understood that could not have been perceived any other way. There is a supernatural ability that comes upon men when the Holy Ghost is in full operation and people begin to know things and see things. He said the gift of the word of wisdom and the, and, and the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge is a supernatural uh, revelation of things that exist in any realm, in the spirit, in, in the natural realm. In any realm of man, this gift of the Spirit can operate and bring supernatural knowledge when you need to know and there's no one to know and no one has the answer. The Spirit of God has the answer and he can give it to you through the word of knowledge. Hallelujah. To another, faith. This is not talking about just ordinary Bible faith. We know that ordinary Bible faith comes by hearing the word of God. Well, ordinary Bible faith then is the, is, should be the possession of every believer. And who is it that determines who has faith? The believer does. Yeah, because Jesus said have faith in God. He said have the God kind of faith, told us how to get it. 
But notice here, this is a kind of faith that comes by the Spirit, and it's only as the Spirit wills. It's, it's manifested and it's deposited in a person as the Spirit wills. Well, that couldn't be talking about ordinary faith. This is talking about a superordinary faith. An ability to, to stand and believe God in a, in a measure and to a degree that, that you wouldn't be able to, to operate in with ordinary faith. You know, there's a place where ordinary faith will reach its end. Why? Because, because, because of our inability to take it further. We can only operate in faith to the degree we, of faith we have and none of us in the na- with regular ordinary Bible faith, none of us have all the faith we could have and there will be times in life where your ordinary faith, will, you'll run up against a wall, praise God. Well, what are you gonna do then? Well, God can tack on the gift of special faith right on the end of your faith, glory to God, and take you right on through. And suddenly you can be, you can have a faith that'll grip you that'll absolutely make your teeth chatter. Glory to God. You'll be so stirred, you'll be so full of power, you couldn't, you couldn't disbelieve or doubt if you tried to. When the gift of faith is in operation, it takes hold of you. It's like somebody coming up behind you and throwing a, a coat on you, and suddenly you're just you turn into Superman and you can believe anything God says. Hallelujah. Miracles happen. Miracles happen. Miracles happen through the working of miracles, but they happen through special faith as, as well. The, the gift of the working of miracles actively works a miracle. The gift of faith just sits back and receives a miracle. Just sits back. See, there's one thing, there's, there's one thing uh, uh, you know, to, 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 to step out of the boat and walk on the water. Glory to God. That's the working of miracles. See, that's somebody doing something miraculous. It's another thing to lay down to sleep in the middle of a, of a den full of angry lions, hungry, haven't been fed in a week. Glory to God. And just lay down, snuggle up to one of those lions and make him your big old pillow and just, and just curl up and have a good Good night's rest. That's not working of miracles. Glory to God. That's receiving a miracle. Amen. You do that by special faith. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Just pet that little kitty cat and say, darling, we're both going to sleep good tonight. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> that's, that's special. I said that's special faith. It's available to the church. It's available to the believer. It's available in this house. I said it's available in this house. Glory to God. Gifts of healings. Gifts of healings. Gifts of healings. I'm gonna come over here. Glory to God. Glory to God. (laughs) Gifts, plural, of healings. Every kind of illness known to man, there's a gift for it. Amen. There's a gift for, for, for anything you can name. God's got a gift of healing for it. Glory to God. Gifts, plural, of healings. Glory to God. It covers everything. In the Old Testament, you know, Moses, he tried to write them all down. He tried to list all the diseases and finally he just gave up and he said, he said, anything not even written here, glory to God. Anything not even written here. Well, there's a gift for it. If there's a name for it, there's a gift for it. If there's not a name for it, there's a gift of healing for it. If man doesn't even know what it is, God already has a gift for it. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to another, the working of miracles. Is the working of miracles for today? <laughs> well, is the Holy Ghost still the Holy Ghost? Are we still in the church age or is something else happened that we don't know about? No, this is still the age of the church. It's still the, dim, 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 the, 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 the dispensation, the dispensation of the Spirit. I said this is a church age. It's the dispensation of the Spirit. It must be the dispensation of miracles. It would have to be or else it's not the church and it's not the Holy Ghost and Jesus is not the same Jesus. No, he is the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, the next day and forever. He hasn't changed and his supernatural gifts have not been abated. They've not been watered down. They've not gone away. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In these last days, we will see uh, the, the working of miracles come to the forefront in a way we've, the world has never seen before. 
there will be tremendous miracles. We already see this happening in some places in the world today. You have to understand there are some places on the earth today that are so hotly on fire, so intensely burning with the Spirit of God. There's such revival going on in some places of the world that working of miracles are just a common everyday occurrence. Yeah, it's happening. It's happening in some nations in the world and it's happening where people dare to believe God. They don't care what the world around them says. They don't care what the situation is. They have the audacity to stand up and believe God will do just what he said he will do. And miracles are taking place, glory to God. Well, this has to be, the church worldwide has to be restored to this. I said the church worldwide, in every nation, in every tongue, with every people, that means right here, I have some people that I know, dear friends of mine, they say the time of revival is over. There'll not be another revival before Jesus returns. I think, well, dear Lord, if I was you, I think I'd just, you know, just go ahead and check out. I mean, if I thought this was all there is, if I thought there wasn't any more uh, revival, that God's spirit was not gonna blow again and with a fresh move, I, I mean, why in, the Lord would he, why in the world would he leave us here? Leave us here with no power, no hope of, of ever having the miraculous again. That's just, that's just unbelief. That's just pure old unbelief. Well, God's gonna have to stir some people up, praise God, to lay hold of miracles again, but he can do it. He can do it, praise God. He'll do it through prayer. Yeah, when we pray, glory to God, there'll be some people that are just sitting there like a bump on a log and suddenly they'll feel something underneath them burning. And they're going, what in the world? My God, he's stirring in my life again. I'd, I'd forgotten about this, glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. And that fire will begin to burn again, glory to God. And they'll suddenly jump up and think they've had a revelation, glory to God. They'll think they've done something. They'll, they won't know there's this man here that did something, glory to God. Yeah, hallelujah. <laughs> the working of miracles, prophecy. Ah, speaking by inspired utterance. I'm so tired. I, I, I'm so, I, I'm so uh, fed up with, the, with men speaking natural wisdom, trying to confront the issues of the day and the problems of the hour and needs in people's lives and just, and just spewing out natural thoughts just out of their head, just speaking words. I don't care if it's in the pulpit or in the pew or on, the, or on Main Street or wherever it is. People just speaking what they think. We need to hear what God said. Speaking by divine supernatural utterance. Praise God. Oh, if any man speaks, he said, let him speak as the very oracles of God, as the very mouthpiece of God. We're coming into a time, church, when people are gonna rise up and they're gonna no longer speak what's on their mind, they're gonna speak what's on the mind of the Spirit. And the Spirit of God will put words in their mouths that they never thought to say before. And wisdom will come flowing out in time of need that people will have to say, no man could have produced this. No man could have done. This has to be God in demonstration. There's a gift of prophecy, praise God. Hallelujah, it's real. It's real. We, we, I tell you what, we've walked in a measure of these things, just in a measure of them. But there's a stronger manifestation than we've ever seen. I said there's a stronger manifestation, a greater manifestation in all of these things. Let's continue reading here where I can finish. Glory to God. Discerning of spirits. Oh, hallelujah. That's the supernatural. That's not, that's not discerning of faults and failures in people. That's not discerning what's wrong with my brother. That old ungodly gift everybody has. <laughs> that's something you have to purge out. That's a gift of the flesh. The gift of suspicion. The gift of, uh, of fault finding. That's not what this is talking about. We're supposed to crucify those things. This is discerning of spirits. It's supernatural insight. Supernatural seeing and even hearing in the realm of the spirit. When suddenly God just reaches down and pulls back the veil of the natural and by the Holy Ghost we're enabled to see into the realm of the spirit and see what's going on. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. These are true gifts of supernatural power. Every one of them. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Different kinds of tongues. Usapasha. Usapasha. 
Usapasha, Usapashmaha, Sheto in Shishiba, Akea, Sitsus, Novi, Anzanera. And there are languages and there is speech to be uttered today that comes from the very throne of God. Not all tongues are tongues of men, but some are even tongues of angels. And some speak by divine, let, uh, uh, by divine revelation and by divine utterance. And the very word of God comes forth. As in prophecy, so in interpretation of tongues. Glory to God. Yeah, it happens. It happens. Isha manakasa. Isha manakasa. Well, best to see you. Oh, but <laughs> glory to God. Ha! Hallelujah. But one, this is what he was trying to say. But one, <laughs> but one and the same Spirit works all these things. Woo, aren't you glad? All we need is one Spirit. Yeah, we don't need a bunch of different spirits, just the one spirit, and it's the same one that came to live in you when you were born again. The Holy Spirit's not twins, he's not triplets. Glory to God, it's one Holy Spirit, and he works all these things, all of them. He does all of this. If he's allowed to move, he'll do all of this. I said he'll work all these things. He'll work all these things. The same spirit works all these things, not half of them. Not half of them. All these things. <laughs> Distributing to each one. Everybody say each one. Say that means me. That includes me. Each one individually as he wills. Notice it doesn't say if he wills. It doesn't say if he wills. It says as he wills. That means he wills. That said that means he wills, praise God. Yeah, he wills. And sometimes he wills one way and another time he wills. And we, have, we just have to depend on him. Glory to God. That just keeps our dependence on the Lord. Glory to God. Woo, hallelujah. Let, 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 let's finish this. A, super, a restoration of a supernatural ministry. Let's turn over to Ephesians and we'll wrap this up. Ephesians chapter four. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Verse number seven, but to each one of us, to each one grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended. What does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And then tying back up to the latter part of verse eight, it says he gave gifts unto men. Verse 11 says, and he gave him, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. There are a lot of people in the world today say that these ministry gifts, you know, that, that uh, only one or two of them are still even functioning in the church. And most of the church world, in fact, only recognizes the ministry of the, of the pastor and the evangelist. 
And maybe sometime in Bible schools, you know, people that teach in Bible schools, they say, well, that's the ministry of the teacher. Well, most of the times, even the ministry of the pastor, evangelist, and teacher is not, is not supernatural in nature. Today, men's, men's understanding of it, it's all watered down. These are supernatural ministries. Jesus was the apostle. He is the apostle of our confession. He was the prophet. A great prophet has arisen among us, they said, and he is the prophet today of the church. Jesus was the evangelist. He went out heralding and preaching the good news. He's still the chief evangelist today. Glory to God. He was the world's premier teacher. Glory to God. And people sat spellbound as he taught and opened the word of God and they wondered at his marvelous words that flowed from his lips. That teaching gift, glory to God. He's still the great teacher, hallelujah. He was and is the great shepherd of the sheep, glory to God. Well, he, he is the chief one, the head one. In each of these ministry categories, he stands at the head, but these ministries of his have been distributed in the church. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Some say, well, the apostle's not among us today. That's a lie. It's a lie. It's just a lie. How can it be? How can it be? It says he gave gifts unto men. Well, if he gave them, who has the right to say they're not here? Who has the right to say they're not for today if he gave them? He gave these gifts to men, praise God. He himself gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to the evangelists, some pastors and teachers. What for? For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Look around. Look around the church today. Do we see the church today in exhibiting the full measure of the stature of Christ? No, we don't. Well, these gifts must still need, be needed. They must, if they're still needed, they're still here. They were given for this purpose to bring the church to maturity, to bring this church into the fullness, and the church has never yet, in all of its career, has never yet demonstrated the full measure of the stature of Christ. But that day's coming before he comes back. It's coming before he comes back or else he failed. I said it's coming before he comes back or else he failed. I said he's, it's coming before he comes back or these gifts, these ministries failed and God failed in giving them. They were given for a purpose. That purpose must be fulfilled in these last days. It must be. So these supernatural gifts, apostles, prophets, oh, glory to God. We've seen, we've seen some manifestation of each of this, and we know that in our, in our, in our understanding of, of Christianity today. We know that, we, and we see people who are apostles and prophets, the hand of God. But I'm telling you, there is a greater demonstration, a greater degree, a greater magnification of these things, multiplication of these things coming in the church before Jesus returns. Hallelujah. All of these ministries are supernatural, I said all of them are supernatural. Hallelujah. Supernatural apostles, supernatural prophets, supernatural evangelists, supernatural pastors and teachers. Glory to God. I, I told the church on Sunday night, I think it was, I don't know if it was Sunday night or no, it must have been Wednesday night, I didn't minister Sunday night. Wednesday night I talked about a book. Remember me talking about a book I bought whenever I first went into the ministry? When I first started in, in ministry in the, in the early 1980s, one of the first books I bought on pastoral theology was a book entitled Criswell's Guidebook for Pastors by Dr. W.A. Criswell. Uh, this book was a real blessing to me. Uh, pastor Criswell served with distinction as the senior pastor of the First Baptist uh, Church of Dallas, Texas, for almost 40 years. And when he took the reign of First Baptist Church, it was no small undertaking because he followed one of the most, uh, one of the premier preachers and pastors of the 20th century. He, he, he followed a man by the name of Dr. George W. Truitt. 
and you could Google his name. He was a, a famous uh, Southern Baptist preacher and, and like I said, one of the most premier, most famous preachers at least of the mid-20th uh, century. And, and Criswell pa- followed him. Uh, uh, Truett had pastored the First Baptist Church from, ni- from 1897 to 1944. How long is that? Almost 50 years? Almost 40, 47 years. How would you like to follow that? Sit down. <laughs> pastor Criswell stayed on that post when he became pastor for almost 40 years himself. But he wrote this in, the, in this book. He wrote, the idea of a board of deacons is as strange and unknown to the New Testament church as would be a band of Hitlers or Stalins composing the chosen 12 apostles of the Lord. He said, a ruling board is an idea imported from the corporate life of American business. It has no place in a true New Testament church. A deacon-led church will always be a weak, pitiful congregation floundering before every wind of secular change. God ordained the pastor, the elder, the bishop. Those are synonymous terms. God ordained the pastor, the elder, the bishop to be the spiritual leader and ruler of the congregation. Where he is that and truly that and capably that, the church grows in strength and will forever. Where he is not that and where he becomes a hireling of the deacons, the church withers and dies. God in his infinite wisdom set the order and the constitution of his true church. Happy and blessed is the congregation that follows that order in the mind and purpose of heaven. Pretty good for Southern Baptist. I said that's pretty good for Southern Baptist. Ha! Glory! God set the ministry gifts in the church as he pleased. Glory to God. We're going to see before Jesus returns all five of these ministry offices are are rising to a new degree, praise God, to a new level, a fresh new level of the full authority and demonstration of the power of Christ. It must come. There must be a restoration in the church of these things. His power, his glory, his gifts, his ministries, glory to God, are for the church until the final hour. Let's stand up. Praise God. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.